Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Flight Paniacs. Welcome back to Flight Perbole. This is Steve Chico back at you on the only Flyers podcast, or maybe the only hockey podcast willing to take on the big subjects like new metal, concerts from many years ago, crazy food concoctions, and yeah, I guess hockey. But that's what we're here for. It's the summer, and this is the great time, the best time, to talk about all these things. And you know, I don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about tonight, but I'm excited to get into it, whatever it is. Joining me tonight, Eamon Smith. Eamon, how are you, my man? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be on the only hockey podcast, period. Not not just the only one covering the big subjects. It's just the only one. This is all that people have. It's all that people have. It's all that we have in this time of need. It's... <laughs> It's so weird. It's just like, I have set out from day one. Like, it's funny because I just started out, like, I just want to talk about hockey. And I I was willing to throw in other stuff because I've always just kind of wanted to have, like, a weird morning zoo kind of show. And then I just kind of combined my interests into one just giant stew. And if it's a good stew, it might be the, if anybody's familiar with the good place, it might be the peeps in the chili pot. But it's something that, you know... We talk about stuff. We certainly do. <laughs> what what that is, uh, a, a nice mixture of Stained and The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on that note, I, I do have to start out. Uh, Kelly is not joining us because she had to go to bed, but she, <laughs> I did ask her for a, a corn update because she did go to the corn show last week. So she said, uh, first off, I said, Kelly, do you have a corn update? And she typed back in all caps in our Slack chat, Jonathan Davis has COVID. She didn't put that part, but I just have to say it whenever I can. So, you know, Kelly gave Jonathan Davis COVID. It's it's right here. God it's, damn it, Hinkle. It's, it's known. God damn it, Hinkle. Uh, she said it was so fun, like so much fun. They still sound fucking great. Aaron Lewis looks like a fucking chud, so congrats there, bud. Jonathan Davis has the same aesthetic as he did in 1998, and it fucking rules. Agree with 15-year-old Kelly. Would bet. So that's that's a great review from Kelly. I like, I like the that, ending Kelly. line. That was really good. Okay. Yes. I'm going to carbon date myself here. I, I, like, recognize, obviously, Stained, just from It's Been a While. It's been a while. Uh... And like I've I've become familiar with a lot of other like new metal stuff through uh, this show. Funny enough, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, and then also like I mean I'm from uh, the Nashville area, so I hear plenty of Limp Biscuit. But uh, <laughs> is Limp Biscuit really popular in the Nashville area? Uh, I mean like you gotta understand, there's a significant population, not a significant, but like. A very noticeable population of guys who drive white pickup trucks and are just dursting <laughs> all the time. Uh, and, like, I mean, I told the story a while ago about the dude who was driving past my apartment who was doing that. Um, there, there are a lot of those guys. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but I know zero about corn. 
I've heard of Corn like twice before you and Kelly started talking about them in the Slack. So <laughs> I, I need I need a primer here. I need a primer. Okay, here's your Corn primer. So back when I was in middle school in the late '90s, Corn I didn't I didn't know much about Corn back then, but because I was not a very popular child, I kept skipping schools. And also, I'm just a weird guy, which now is fine, but back in the late 90s, not so much. Uh, I would end up at a lunch table with a number of kids who listened to corn because nobody else really wanted them at their table. So I was kind of at the outcast table. <laughs> and those corn kids would always have these just oversized corn shirts. And Corn uh, is a very angry band. Oh yeah, I know uh, that they're... much at the very least. They're they're like named for like uh, the Blood God guy, right? It's like their whole. Is that thing. right? I actually didn't even know that part. Wow, <laughs> I just know they spell it with the capital R in there. And you know, one of their biggest songs is called "All Day I Dream About Sex," aka Adidas. So that's aka big time wanking mode. Big time wanking mode, as we like to say in the BSH community. Did I, Kurt, like, frontman this band? He did. Kurt is actually <laughs> Jonathan Davis. He wears he wears those black dreads and an Adidas tracks, a sparkly tracksuit, and gets up there, and he goes, So that sound is from Korn's, Korn's song. <laughs> what the fuck is Freak that? Freak <laughs> on a Leash. Okay. Freak on a Leash, which is one of the big songs of the late 90s. Uh... You should go and watch this video. It is an artifact of the late 90s, early 2000s right there. It it follows a traveling a bullet through its journey, going through people's homes and gas pumps and such. What? Why? Yep. I, I have mm-hmm. so many questions. Oh, it's, why? It's... Why were the 90s? Why were the 90s? Like the late 90s. The early 90s seemed pretty cool. Nirvana still kind of slaps and Alice in Chains is really good. But like, I love the early 90s. I love all of the music of the early. Well, not all of the music, but most of the music. But the, the late 90s is strange and weird. And, you know, we talked about Woodstock 99. And that's like, <sighs> the bands you get out of the late 90s, you get like Corn, You get Limp Bizkit. You get Kid Rock. You get Stained. Yeah, all these bands Jesus they Christ. come, Lincoln Park. This is all late nineties, like early two thousand stuff. Bush at Woodstock ninety nine, I think so. But Bush is like Bush is more of like a mid. Yeah, 90s. like they they kind of have a little bit more of that. Like they stole their sound sort of from Pearl Jam and Nirvana and yeah, everything. But, but uh, like Bush kind of just put out one album of just bangers, like. Bush has one album with six or seven singles, and then they have an album that has like a couple singles and then nothing. So Bush really just has like a big head of steam at the beginning of their career, and then it's just kind of like, okay. Oh man, that sounds like what my life is on track to be, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's my life. That's for sure. No, my life is just—I'm just hitting the good part. Hey, you're, you're killing so, it. So <laughs> back to corn. <laughs> I don't even, like, what else I never even say I'd about heard. this band? Like... Back to corn. Back to corn. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about this band, but it's it, it's definitely like they were the band for very angry teenagers and preteens back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then they kind of started to get into the like they did the whole family values thing with Limp Biscuit, so there was like a whole tour that Corn and Limp Biscuit put together 
with a bunch of the other new metal bands of the day called the Family Values Tour. And they were trying to mix rap and rock, new metal kind of stuff. And man, that music is... It certainly has something else. It certainly has. Well, uh, we'll we'll, we'll not talk about that part, but... (laughs) Let me just read to you the top five songs on Spotify for Korn. Freak on a Leash, Coming Undone, <laughs> Falling Away From Me, Got the Life, and Twisted Transistor. Honestly, that's, like, that just, that doesn't... I, I definitely liked the uh, first title that you gave me more than the rest of those. Freak on a Leash, though, now that I know, like, how just mind-numbing the music video idea is i i I have to go and watch that probably tomorrow well and the thing about freak on a leash is the sound i was making (laughs) jonathan davis does in the middle of the song for i don't know a full minute it feels like it's probably closer to 20 seconds but he just spends a good chunk of the song going oh it's bizarre it's like doesn't kid rock have like a whole fucking song that's basically just him making strange noises yeah it's it's ball with the ball the entire set the entire song is pretty much just ball with the ball to bang to bang to get to get to get set the boogie set up chuck the boogie and then he says his name what the fuck were they putting in the water in the late 90s what did they what did they feed you guys how is this popular I mean, I guess you guys could say the same thing now for, like, the uh, baby and shit like that, right? Where it's just like, oh, like, this is literally just people mumbling over a beat. Why do you enjoy this? And I, I personally do not. But, like... I'm just glad there's a, a series of baby-themed artists out there now. Lil Baby, Da Baby. You know? And, of course, the Boss Baby, the uh, most important artist. Steve, come on now. Don't... That was a dad joke. I'm getting to dad mode. I'm, you know, I'm up there. Good God, really showing your age. I'm an old man. I was going to say when you were talking about, like, back in the late, or in the 90s when I was in high school, and I was was about to say when dinosaurs walked the earth, but I feel like that would offend a lot of your- they were all wearing backwards red hats. I feel like that would offend a lot of your listenership. (laughs) I'm I'm just, this is going to be the least downloaded episode of Flight Probably ever. That's fine. That's absolutely fine with me. Now, the the late 90s, I really... Listen, I walked around in the late 90s saying this music was shit. That's where I was at. I was under no impression that this was good music at the time. Hey, at least you have that. I don't know, though, man. Uh, maybe maybe you're just a big fan of Stained <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> you know? my I, I, I still will never forget. I know the real motherfucking deal, y'all, when I hear <laughs> I will it. never forget... I, I hadn't thought about Limp Biscuit in, like, years, and I listened to an episode of Flip Purple in high school, and I went home, and I was just like, Dad, what do you think of Limp Biscuit?" And he, <laughs> he, he, he turns around, and he looks at me, and he, with a totally straight face, just goes, oh, they had some bangers. <laughs> I, was, I was just like... Oh, really? Like, what? And he named, like, two or three songs. And then, like... And then he said Nookie and Break Stuff. I think I think he said Break Stuff. And then, like, he he definitely does the same stuff as you, where he just will do, like, a, a little excerpt of the song. So he'll just be, like, you know, the, the, the everything the is shit line or whatever. 
<laughs> oh yeah. He just dropped Everybody that. Sucks. Yeah, like that that kind of thing. Uh so so thank you for that, Steve. You partially contributed to that moment of my my dad just giving me his opinion on Limp Biscuit. I'm just happy I could contribute to that father son bonding. That's all I've ever wanted. Is to <laughs> father and son closer together for a moment. a family show. It's a family show <laughs> for a fan. The family that durst together stays together. Family. It's a uh, family show for family values, and by family values, you mean uh, the oh. the tour. Ayo, that was okay. a good time. You got you got me with that one. That was good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I look. I have no explanation for that time. It's one of the more bizarre times musically, and I am seeing some of the fashion starting to come back, like some of the extra baggy pants. Oh, yeah. I saw. My favorite was the the shorts that basically aren't shorts because you wear them down to the ankles. I saw a guy wearing that the other day. Yep. I mean, people like, you know, the uh, cup design, the old plastic cup design, or I think it might be styrofoam, uh, where it's got like kind of the turquoise blue pattern on it with the purple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's like on clothing all the time now because people think that looks really cool for some reason. I don't know. I'm also like, I am not well dressed and I am not like, I... We, we discussed before the show, I'm a cranky old man in a 20-year-old person's body. I mean, I got a recliner this week, which I might add, Facebook Marketplace, magical place, because uh, this thing was cheap, and it's a very nice chair. But, like, I, I was sitting in that chair on Tuesday morning at, like, 10 o'clock after I got out of class in a bathrobe and slippers with, like, my minor league baseball cap on. And I was just watching yeah, yeah. King of the Hill, and I was like, "Man, I'm like 80." <laughs> that no, that's I, I'd say that's closer to a good like close to 40. Which that I mean, it sounds like my life. So that's that's where you're at. That Steve, I think you just you outed yourself. <laughs> I think you just outed. Oh, yourself. I'm fully willing to admit I am old. I look. I already said I went to high school in the late 90s, early 2000s. Middle school in the late 90s, like. I, I look, guys. I'm 37. All right, I'm willing to admit that I'm 37, and I love it. I, I don't love all the aches and pains in my body. I don't love my reduced metabolism. But you know what? I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. And I will take that. You can't. You can't really complain, right? There are a whole lot worse things to be than just old and decrepit. <laughs> That's absolutely. I am old and decrepit, but for the first time in my life, I make it just a little bit of money, and I'm happy about that. And I'm not in stained, and I'll take that. <laughs> God, the the bar is in the earth's core. Do we do we want to talk about hockey now? It's it's been like fifteen twenty let's minutes. Let's talk about hockey. I talked about <laughs> hockey for fifteen minutes last week, so let's actually talk about some hockey. And we have. A hot button topic coming up today, and I am not happy about it. Old man yells at advertising cloud coming up. That's right, Jersey advertisements are coming in the 2022-23 season. Is that correct? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, because they're gonna need some time to get that ramped up and underway. But who knows? I I can't remember dates. I am old. I forget things. You, you know, that's what happens when you're old. You forget everything. Yeah. What's your name? I don't know. But the Jersey ads are coming. And this is something that I know the opinions are either I don't give a shit 
at all, and I'm tired of hearing you talk about it, or this fucking sucks, and I'm in the this fucking sucks department. Now I realize this is going to be a small advertisement. It really has not made a huge difference on the NBA jerseys they've been on, but frankly, I don't like anything being on the sweater that shouldn't be there, and... I think it's going to look lousy, and I don't like... So the ads have been on the helmets for the past year. And for the most part, I haven't minded them, but when they're really obtrusive, like when they don't match the coloring of the helmet or anything, I don't know. I think they look really shitty. I don't like them, and I don't think we should be forced to look at advertising at every given moment of a game. I mean, I'm firmly in the this sucks, I am a cranky old man camp with you because I like hockey jerseys. And I don't like wearing a fucking Steakums logo. If I if I wanted to do that, then I would I don't know go buy a shirt for some demented reason. But uh, yeah, like the the main thing that I see here is if this was a competent, well run or well run is kind of a strong word for any professional sports <laughs> league. But if this was a competent league that knew fucking anything about like how to make things look good then I would trust them to implement this in a, like, well-done way, kind of like the NBA has, where they have the logos, but they'll match the team colors, or they find some sort of way to kind of integrate them in there. I'm not going to be surprised if we see, like, the Philadelphia cream cheese logo in all its white and blue glory just, like, slapped on the Flyers jersey (laughs) with no editing or anything done whatsoever. Because, I mean, we saw that on the helmets, I mean, it, it. granted, it's a black helmet, so, like, it's kind of hard to make stuff look too bad on that black background, but, like, they could have color-coordinated a little bit better, and they just didn't, and no team in the league got that happening, so I, I don't fucking trust it. The black helmet for the Flyers wasn't too bad for the Tata consultancy, because that, they at least just did white, but the the white helmet had the... I don't know if it's like a rainbow or like a a red and pinkish color, but whatever it was, it didn't match the Flyers' typical colors. Like, they could have just gone with an orange, for God's sake. But it was still better than, say, the Penguins, who had just a giant blue logo on their yellow and black hideous jerseys. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, that's why I look at this and I'm just like, this is going to fucking blow. Is because we're going to be staring at these jerseys at, like, every stoppage. Every time the cameras go low, basically, and there's just going to be these obnoxious nameplates on there, and the NHL is too boneheaded and too desperate for money to be like, oh, like, we need you to integrate this with the uniform for the sake of the league's aesthetics. Like, no, if if they're going to squeeze a couple more dimes out of a company by being like, you can do whatever the fuck you want, like, you can you can beat the shit out of us and we won't care just so long as you give us the money. Um, then they're going to do that because they've proven that they're willing to do that. Um, and I don't know if you know this, Steve, but NHL franchise is also not too progressive in like other facets. So really, really would be just absolutely stunned if they were progressive in terms of, you know, fashion. (laughs) Oh God. I mean, it is so difficult to get an NHL organization to go ahead and do anything forward-thinking uniform. Just don't day. draft an abusive guy. That's all you have to do. Uh, oh, 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 wait, we can't do that, that either. Yeah, Sorry. I, <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, it, just a complete disaster of a summer for the NHL PR-wise. And it, it just feels like it's getting worse. And 
obviously this is a league that's been bad with it for for years now but it really feels like it's getting worse but going back to the jersey ads because the nhl's got plenty of issues in that regard Ugh, don't get me started the jersey ads yeah they're not going to do it with any subtlety they will just give in to their corporate chills and my favorite argument is the well, it's going to get the salary cap to raise. It's not going to, they're not going to raise the salary cap for this. They're not going to do shit for it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just another thing where they're just like, we want more money. That's it. They're not, they're not trying to make the money, game please. better. They're not trying to pay people more or, you know, do anything. I mean, if the NHL wanted to go- do shit that was like good for the game, they'd be doing a lot of things different, uh, let alone this. So I, I don't know. I, I am totally on the same page as you where I'm just like, we're just sort of slowly progressing towards being Premier League where the logo dominates the uniform, like the the sponsor logo. And I I don't know about you. I fucking hate the way those things look Uh, like they, they look terrible. I like a classic hockey jersey. And while I already have plenty and I'm probably not going to buy any new ones for a very long time, it still irks me. Cause like if the if the flyers like come out with like a cool design or something, which I I mean again we're asking for a lot here, um, then I'm going to be a little bit less apt to buy one. Oh hell yeah! Like I was going, I really wish I had bought a Philadelphia Union jersey when they first came out and they didn't have a sponsor. I don't want to buy a Philadelphia Union jersey when it's got a giant beambo across the front. Like I, no thanks. I'm just not in for that. And you know go union that's great but like i do not want to wear that i don't want a giant corporate logo across across my chest uh, it's just not for me and people will give you arguments all day about this but don't argue in favor of the corporations the corporations do not need you to argue for them these people sound like they need to listen to a little bit of corn just a, <laughs> just a tad maybe uh, need to break stuff this episode is rapidly falling away from me <laughs> do we do we want to do we want to i I feel like the the logical progression here is uh to just talk about who should be sponsoring the flyers not like who actually will be but who who we'd like to see because there's some easy good ones here oh yeah there's some i i don't want to see anybody but you know there's the obvious choices the the wawas out there the uh the tasty tasty cake i think is the best be fine yeah there's a you know, I, I, I pitched a couple for the the BSH article on speculating about this. My my favorite was the chaos option of Sheets. Oh, I don't want this to happen, but how fucking funny would that be That'd if be Sheets hilarious. sponsored the Flyers jerseys? Oh my god, that'd be fantastic. Can you imagine, too, if, like... They, they're just... There's so many really funny directions that you can go with this. I mean... God, like, they're... There are too many possibilities. I think one of my favorite ones is the Philadelphia cream cheese logo because it would just be so obnoxious on the uniform. <laughs> it, it would it would be atrocious. It's funny because it, it kind of matches because it's got the city name, but like it, the Flyers logo, the Flyers logo is the only thing on the sweater. It's it, it's it should be the only, only thing, thing ever. It's the yeah. it's one of like the five best logos in the NHL. It's like them, the Detroit Red Wings, the Sharks. Uh, I'd probably say the blues weren't some conversation there too but they they like that kind of singular logo that goes in the middle that's not too detailed kind of like a rule of thumb should be 
if like a kid can do a decent drawing of the logo or if it's of a cool animal you've nailed it and mm. you can draw the flying p pretty easily so like why would you fuck with perfection i don't understand but gotta get that money somehow i can look through i can look through so many I, so i have a few old notebooks lying around and i've definitely drawn that flying p over and over in a number of those notebooks oh baby i i'm trying to I think just of, post one of those i'm trying to think of some other funny sponsors here i mean it would be like normal for i what would be an interesting crossover is if you have like lincoln financial sponsor them or something that'd be kind of fucking weird like you have the eagles sponsor that built well, the stadium that's where you get real chaos mode is if you have the actual philadelphia eagles football club sponsoring Let's, philadelphia that would flyers. be that would be sick you just have an eagles logo on the flyers jersey as if this like as if philly didn't already have a fixation on the eagles enough jesus i mean that would be fucking incredible like just just the eagles logo on a flyers jersey sponsored by wip just have just just pay the flyers more money and have a giant green go birds right across the uh collar do that why not just go birds that's what the jersey sponsor is go birds or it's and it says go birds and on the back it has e-a-g-l-e-s eagles and like not a nameplate there's nothing else there (laughs) there's nothing else there it's just all about the birds at this point because when the flyers lose or people just get bored you're gonna hear that eagles chant anyway exactly i i saw a funny story actually there's a guy today um when i was walking to class who was wearing an eagles mask and again you have to keep in mind we're in the middle of like fucking alabama right so eagles fans not that common oh yeah and we're in public with a lot of people around us and i just gave him a nice go birds and then he gave me one back kind of like uh you know the clip of the kid after the eagles beat the shit out of the vikings who's just going go birds in the lady's go face birds. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i got i got one of those back from that guy so salute to him repping repping oh, down yeah. here in alabama with me I absolutely love running into a Philly fan in the wild. My my boy Jim actually was wearing a, a flyer shirt out in Seattle recently and said that there was a guy across the bar who saw him and like ran over and was like, Yeah Let's go. That's hype. I just remember like one of the one of the funniest interactions I've ever had with a stranger is this guy wearing a seventy sixers jersey. I, I was in my hometown and he like sprints across the crosswalk through traffic and like basically like runs up behind me and like not even like like taps me on the back to like let me know he's there he pretty much five-starred me (laughs) because he was so enthusiastic and i think i was just wearing like the nfc champions hat that's all it takes and he just he just like smacks me on the back and he's like let's go let's go and i'm just like what are you talking about and then i registered and i was just like holy crap man like i'm glad that you're hyped about this but it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm walking around with an ice cream cone. Like, calm, calm down a little bit. <laughs> just, just settle down a little bit until I finish this and then we can be hyped uh, Pre-COVID times. What, what, a, what, a uh, fun, what a fun time. What a fun time. Have I talked on here before about the time I wore an Eagle shirt in Key West? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm going back through my encyclopedic knowledge of hyperbole. <laughs> Your encyclopedia. Flight hold on, hold on. Let me let me go to my mind palace really quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Regardless, there's. I'm sure there's people. Who have I don't think you've told her. So, 
when I went to Key West a few years ago for a very, very sweaty few days, the, the sweat, <laughs> I sweat easily, and that's the most humid place I've ever been. Holy shit, I sweat. Yeah. But the first night I was down there, I was wearing, uh, the Eagles were playing the Falcons on Monday Night Football, and I was wearing an Eagles shirt because, you know, go birds. And uh, I think it was a Brent Selleck shirt or something. And some woman walks up to me and goes, where are you watching the game? I wasn't expecting anybody in Key West to ask me this question. Uh, hotel bar? She's like, oh, you should go to the Eagles bar. The, the Eagles bar? What are you talking about? Uh, apparently, former Sixers, I forget if Pat Croce was the president or part owner, but uh, Pat Croce owned a bar. Uh, sadly, I believe it's closed now, but it was called the Rum Barrel, and it was on the north side of the island, and it was Philly sports and pirate themed. <laughs> That's that's such a weird combo. <laughs> Who would think of that? It, it, just Pat Croce. Just Pat Croce. A true madman. The only guy who could rein in Allen Iverson. But we went there, and it was maybe one of the top times I've had watching an Eagles game. It was outstanding. It was just... Everybody was super hype. The Eagles even lost the game, and I, I couldn't have had a better time. Uh, it was super hype. They were playing the fight song after touchdowns. They were playing, and this this might not be as familiar a reference for you, Eamon, but uh, the the action news theme. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I okay, totally. Okay, good. Come on now. Everybody's seen the. I mean, listen. Everybody's seen the clip compilation of, like, buses crashing into buildings and helicopters flying over shit and a guy on the freeway with a big wheel with the action news theme. Everybody's seen that. I think Treblaw made that. I could be wrong, but that's, uh, it's so good. That's a great compilation. The action news theme is such a classic Philly thing. And it was great. People, they were playing the action news theme after the Eagles scored touchdowns. People are doing fucking mummer struts and shit. It, it, the place was insane. It was super hype. It was, again, one of the best places I've ever watched an Eagles game. It was amazing. I, so probably my best experience watching a football game is like, the complete opposite of that but it was just because the game was so good i still consider uh my experience watching eagles vikings in the nfc championship to be my favorite game ever because i expected the eagles to lose that game when they got to the super bowl i was like fuck it we're winning it dude we're winning it nick Foles taking yep, us to the yep. promised land but Big dick, nick. in that Big game dick, nick. i expected us to lose and i was at my roommate my current roommate's house um and it was just me and him his parents were out his brother was out I had gotten home from work and my parents were out. Um, I don't remember where my brother was. He probably normally would have watched the game with me. But I was just like, I'm not about to watch this game alone. So I went and hung out with him. We got pizza. And I'm so thankful that nobody was home because I was like sprinting around his house (laughs) fucking screaming. Like up and down the stairs and jumping up and down and like knocking furniture around a little bit and just going crazy and he was like dude calm down come come on now but polar polar opposite experience but still an incredible experience nonetheless to watch an eagles game oh hell yeah i i mean that's still one of my top games obviously the super bowl i think is is number one but i mean that vikings game because nobody expected the birds to win was just phenomenal and i still have the fireworks scar to prove how great of a time i had let's go (laughs) bourbon steve turned up a little bit too much no south philly did that to me oh uh, afterwards <laughs> you walked Philly outside nukes. and got 
I did a little march a couple blocks up broad and back. Uh, people were chanting, fuck Tom Brady. And, you know, we pelt. I didn't. I didn't pelt the Vikings bus with beers, but everybody around me pelted the Vikings bus with beers as it made a huge mistake and went up Broad Street. Still hilarious. But then after everything started to die down a little bit, I was just standing there. Somebody sets off a firework uh, about, oh, I don't know, just a couple feet away from me. Don't even notice until I just feel something on my leg. go, And then... (laughs) I turn around, I'm like, what the fuck? I look down and my leg is like bleeding profusely. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking terrible. I'm missing layers of skin. And there's just these South Philly mooks laughing, going, <laughs> you scream like a girl. <laughs> Thanks, pals. Hey, look, at, look at this fucking guy over here. Uh huh, uh huh. Do you hate fireworks or something? Are, are you anti American? <laughs> It was basically the Sopranos crew laughing at me. <laughs> and then and then you, like, file a suit or something against them, and they get all mad. Anti-Italian discrimination. Oh, I'm not filing a suit. <laughs> it's anti-Italian suit against discrimination. They might file one against me. I, I will not file a suit against them, you know. it's Sheesh. Yeah. Let me put it this way. When I see a bunch of political posters in somebody's window down here. I call that the mafia voting guide. I'll just put it there. Yeah, that sounds about right, to be honest with you. Yeah. South Philly! It's got everything. Honestly, is is Philadelphia not America's greatest city? I, I don't think that there's really any proof that says otherwise. I mean, who the, who the fuck cares about New York? Nobody. If you doubt this, go watch the action news video it is, with all the highlights. It is the most American city. It is the most American city, for sure. It's just utterly crazy. Look, if you don't believe Philadelphia is the greatest city in the world, why don't you go talk to Black Hulk Hogan, okay? <laughs> go take it Black up Hulk with Hogan him. <laughs> on the Broad Street line will tell you that this is the best city in the world, okay? I mean, where, where else can you see two people fucking fist fighting each other outside of a Tony Luke's under a bridge? <laughs> That's just... That's Philly. It's Philly for you. Oh, man. All right. Do we want to talk about hockey things for like a little bit longer here and then just get back yes, to hell yeah. bullshitting around? Let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about Paul Holmgren getting into two fights on one shift. I, I saw that video on my Instagram, on the hockey fights Instagram earlier, and that was, I was like, you know what? I do love hockey. Hockey hockey can be good sometimes. People forget that, but yeah. It, it can be. It can be good. Um, So the Flyers are in dev camp, and they invited this guy from the calgary hitman um and he has a funny name uh i don't i don't really know <laughs> what to add about that it's, uh, but... it's, it's dutch vanderland and he wants to lead his his gang to tahiti he's got a plan steve he's got a i've got a plan arthur <laughs> jackson van de Liest, not dutch vanderland jackson van de Liest, and i don't think he's from tahiti or going to tahiti Although Dutch Vanderland is from Philadelphia, so there you go. But uh, yeah, what, what do, do we have anything to say about old old Jackie Van, Jackie Vandies? Not in the least. Okay. Well, he's on my favorite name team, the Calgary Hitmen. Are, are you are you not going to like execute me for that horrific pun that I just made there? Okay. What? So you have on the sheet here, <clears throat> no relation to the other Van guy on the team. Now is that to Mr. Van? That's JVR. 
Yeah. JVR. I just I just felt oh, I felt is, like he, making oh, that so expressly clear so that you weren't just like, yeah, this guy is related to JVR. Of course, something that you would totally do, Steve. Definitely. For sure. I'm not beyond it. I would not put that past me by any means. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's enough Van Reemstikes flying around already. We don't need another. Uh, we don't need anybody cousin. else with a van. We don't need any more lowercase Vs. We've got enough. We don't need you. Go away. I, I have to say, though, the Calgary Hitmen remains one of my favorite hockey names, period. Like, the fact that they just were like, fuck it, we're going to call ourselves the Hitmen. And it might mean that we're murdering people, or it might mean that we're hitting guys in the traditional hockey sense. You be the judge. Yeah, it's also, they've basically got, like, Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles as their logo, which is oh, extra yeah. sick. I've long thought about buying a, a Hitman jersey just because they've, they've produced some good Flyers players in uh, Sanheim and hopefully Zamula and uh, now now hopefully Dutch Vanderlyn. <laughs> Everybody's Vanderlyn hockey player. Why don't you have some damn faith, Flyers? Oh, my God. Now I'm going to go play Red Dead Redemption 2 again, and Emily will kill me. That game okay, is so good, kill me. It's so fucking good. And if I play it one more time, Emily will kill me. Because I have played it through at least twice, maybe three times, and I just get so immersed. That's a 60-something it's... hour game, Steve. I get so immersed in that game, and I just... I lose myself. I don't get any sleep. I mean, I've been... I will say this year, my video game record hasn't been as good as last year. Last year, I finished a bunch of games and it was awesome. And this year, I, I, I've just been taking forever on Breath of the Wild. And I love Breath of the Wild, but I'm also trying to savor it and not stay up until 3 a.m. every night. Uh, this sounds like me when I was clearing Pokemon games uh, in like middle middle and high school. And I would I would just be like, under the covers, peeking out occasionally to make sure that my parents weren't coming in and being like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like 3 a.m. and you have school tomorrow. Uh, so <laughs> imagine this as a grown-ass man living <laughs> with his girlfriend, and it's not under the covers, but you're just in the living room with the volume way too loud. And Emily coming down, bleary-eyed, going, you gotta get some sleep. Go to fucking bed, man. Come on. What? are you doing you gotta you gotta play Why? me in smash bros steve that's what that's what oh, i've learned I'm from this absolutely down for I'll that kick I'm your a ass. rusty but well okay well play me after this week because i'm this is a, a quick programming announcement i am off next week so there will be no fly purpley next week go listen to an old one you'll have a great time but i'm gonna play a shit ton of smash bros next week so i am down after next week because i'm gonna get my practice You're training in. yourself up i know you played a lot of melee Back when you were in college, so maybe maybe you're uh, okay at the game. Who knows? I played so much Melee, but my my strategy came down to... So of my friends, we had... This guy, Eric, was the best of us at Smash Brothers. And uh, our friend Diana was the second best. And I usually was like middle of the pack. I did pretty well, but not I wasn't usually on top. But I, I once I started assassinating Eric first, I... <laughs> I ended up winning a lot more because I would just target him the entire time and he hated my guts, but it was a great strategy. I would just go and just bash him. I usually played, I think, uh, I think I played as Ike a lot or Marth and I would just smash him with my sword just and over melee? and over. And he'd be like, yeah. I don't think Ike was in Melee. I don't think Ike was in Melee. I think it was Marth in Melee. melee. 
Brawl is Ike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I switched I switched to Ike in Brawl, and I was Marth in Melee. So I would go after him with Marth, and I would just fucking annoy the shit out of him. But guess what? It was a great strategy. I won a lot. He played usually... He would usually play as a faster character, like Fox or, or Pikachu or something like that. Uh, like a, a mediocrely... Like, Fox, obviously, a lot of competitive people play as Fox. And then you have Pikachu, which, like, people have won tournaments with Pikachu. Anyways, that's, like, my geek talking. I like watching people play Melee. But, listen, I will do a fucking Smash Brothers podcast. Let's go! (laughs) I'm in for a video game podcast. We got all the spinoffs going. We got the film spinoff. We got the food spinoff. We got the video games. I'm in for all of it, okay? I will just just pay me to podcast full time, all right? I'm in for it. It's the Stovetop Variety Show. Oh, oh, there we go. I like that. Oh, we're cooking with gas now. The green tea's kicked in. I've got a mild amount of caffeine running through these veins. We're talking video games. Let's fucking go. Let's talk some Reading Royals. Let's talk about... Woo! (laughs) This is what we've been waiting for. (laughs) Was it Jason who made that joke in the Slack? Yeah, I think it was was J-Poop. We gotta give J-Poop the stick tap for that one. It was a good joke because Matt Strom, as we all know, does not know how to skate. He plays hockey and sneakers, and it's a real problem when there's ice involved. But the Flyers renewed their contract with the Reading Royals. That's great news. Uh, I've never actually been there for a Reading Royals game. I've been to their stadium for a Flyers alumni game and had a really good time. I've been to Reading Terminal Market. That's as close to Reading as I've been. <laughs> That's very different <laughs> than Reading, my friend. Reading. I know. I've been to Reading. Steve, come on now. I know, I'm just saying, I've been to Reading, I think, three times in my life, and let's see, the the first time I went with my dad, and my dad is an old school South Philly guy, and there were a number of places I said, why don't we stop here, why don't we stop here, and my dad just went, I don't like the looks of this, (laughs) my dad didn't like the looks of it, it must not have been very good, so we didn't stop anywhere, and my dad threw out one of, uh, like, 55 first pitches at a Reading Phillies game. Yo. Which was a lot of fun. That's that's crazy. Famous famous guy, Steve's dad. Famous guy. My my dad, I mean everybody everybody loves my dad when they meet him. He, and my dad will put Bourbon Steve to shame sometimes Let's if you go. That's great. Seen him outside of that Phillies game I went with I went to him with in June. He was just running up to random people on the street going like "Braves suck!" like in people's faces and Shut up, motherfucker! I'm going to uh, Yankees Braves in a couple weeks here, because um, it's a, it's a pretty short drive for me, and I I think I might just I'm not a Phillies fan, but I might just sit in there and I have a Phillies hat, and I might I might just wear that to the game and boo people. <laughs> oh, just troll, troll away. <laughs> just be a, just be a shit heel. Nah, I'll probably. You want to talk about a matchup where I will support any troll? It's Braves Yankees. The only other potential combination would involve the Mets, where I will support any troll. Ah, the animals. Nationals too. Fuck the Nationals. I don't really. So the Nationals are very much a a Don Draper. I don't think about you at all. Like, ah, I that's fair. I I'll say fuck the Nationals if I'm there. And I had a great time back in 2009 when we all just invaded National Stadium and. Just so really funny. obnoxious. So funny. Really obnoxious. I still, I, I still had a great time trolling that. them, yeah. but I don't think about the fucking nationals at all. Never. That's pretty funny. I, I am, I was a Yankees fan growing up, which I, I know, uh, help oh, wow. me, help me with tomatoes here. <laughs> I, I have since as an adult decided that 
watching the Yankees is kind of boring because they play a very boring style of baseball and also they just have more money than everybody so they're always good and I like I like I'm a masochist as anybody can tell by my teams of choice Notre Dame and <laughs> uh, the Eagles and the Flyers and the Predators and the Titans although the Titans have been quite good lately yeah so I was just like I'm gonna pick myself a baseball team the first one that I fall in love with I'm gonna pick a baseball team and like a fool, I have chosen the Seattle Mariners as my baseball team of choice. <laughs> so that's been fun. I have I have the game on my phone right now, um, just propped up, doing this classic fly purbly style where there's a game on in the background. But uh, yeah. Oh, I, I got the Phillies Diamondbacks game on in the background. Yeah, it's two nothing right now. Mariners leading. But uh, yeah, I would I would assume that your dad is a riot. But yeah, so uh, uh, back to the original point. Uh, the Reading the Reading Royals renewed their contract, and that's super cool. Uh, some Finnish guy signed with the Flyers, and by some Finnish guy, I mean their second round pick this year, uh, Samu Tuomala, who is pretty good at Samu hockey. He's pretty good Tuomala. at hockey. Tuomala. That's just a fun name to say. That's it's a name that I wish Harry Callis was still around, so I could hear him say it legendary phillies broadcaster harry callis yeah i know, but, I know who harry callis is trust me I've, I've done my research as somebody who good i'm likes like, broadcasting. You know, I, can't, I don't make a sum but i'm glad you respect the broadcasting that's that i respect that uh you know harry callis if you ever had any name with multiple you know multiple sections like that that's what he excelled at that's what he mickey morandini like that kind of thing so samu tuamala is a great name. I love that. And he signed a CLC, so that's awesome. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see that speed. Please, God, get some speed on the Flyers at some point. He's he's also, like, I think if this dude pans out, which I think he will, I think he'll be, like, a nice NHL player. Will he be a star? Probably not. But he, he does a lot of things that Flyers fans like. He shoots the puck a lot. He hits people. He's fast and... He's not like when I, when I say he hits people, he's not like a certain fucking big old defenseman that the Flyers acquired for a lot of things this <laughs> summer. Um, he doesn't take himself out of play when he's doing that, um, and he has some nice power to his game too around the net. Um, so I I really like Tuma a lot. I thought that, and again, I'm not like an expert by any means, but watching him um, through nice little streams on on hockey.com. Uh, whenever I could and just kind of comparing him to some of the contemporaries some of the other guys who got drafted I genuinely thought that he looked like a first round talent so I was pretty excited when the Flyers got him um I was a little bit less pleased with their first round pick but that's fine you mean their first round trip like as in I worded that poorly but yeah the fact the fact that they basically handed the Sabres Isaac Rosen (laughs) who I also liked a lot for uh, a guy with very tall hair, but <laughs> he does have very tall His hair. His hair is he fucking huge. <laughs> he absolutely would have killed a new battle band. Like he looks like, I, I, have you ever heard of, of static X? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. So static X was one of those, those bands from that era. And the lead singer has super tall hair. Like it, it, R- Rasmus Ristolainen has very comparable hair tall wise to this guy i'm still wondering and i've asked this question on here before how much gel how much time is being put into that hair and why 
I think he's just like European vanilla ice. <laughs> like that's what he reminds me of when I look at him. He's got the dirtbag goatee and the really big hair. I it's he looks like he's running a new metal band. Hundred yeah, percent does. It's fucking crazy, dude. I and I still can't believe that the Flyers have him and Martin Jones. But that's besides the point. I love it. It's just the best. We're happy about it. I, I still love that somebody had had tweeted at me when I I shit on the Martin Jones signing like oh another negative tweet like oh okay me Mister Negative about yeah. the Flyers Steve sure. Steve Mister Bash the Flyers unlike you know <laughs> me the last guy to hate Dave Hackstall <laughs> yeah you still like on the episode where you guys were talking about him getting fired you still were like non-committal about hating him and I was I just, never like, like Steve. I guess the thing is I. Like, I always thought he was mediocre and not like the shittiest piece of shit ever. And I guess that was the difference for me. I, I just like what bugged me about him is, Oh God, we're talking about Dave Haxel in 2021. Um, and it's not cracking. He's actually related. hiding. He's actually hiding in Rasmus Ristolainen's hair. No, I, I think they're, uh, they're uh soul, soul bonded together because they have the same facial hair. Now they have the same bad goatee and, mustache going on except one is blonde and one is like a like terrifyingly Listen, awful dave, shade dave hackstall looks like a divorced dad on the he does in oh the my 90s. god he does like he he has come out of this divorce with some cool new facial hair he is ready to hit on young girls that want no part of him he has she took the fucking kids written all over him <laughs> It's true. It's absolutely true. Like, I'm going to get back. I'm going to bounce back from this. I am here. I'm ready to go out in the world again. I'm in the prime Dave of my is life. ready to be heard again. I'm in the prime of my life. He's like, he's, he's, he's dying his hair darker so that he feels like he's younger. He's driving a nice I'm in the new prime car. of my life. He inherits the Kraken. Good Lord. <laughs> Just look like they're going to be shit. I can't believe that roster. Oh my God. I still am just stunned at what they assembled. It looks so shitty. It's not even like, I don't think that they're going to be bad because they play in a bad division, but like they're going to just be so mediocre. And a lot of the contracts that they signed these guys to don't make any sense. And like, again, maybe their analytics department knows something that like, I don't because I don't have the private numbers. I have the public numbers. But like, it seems like deciding, yeah, we're not going to pick up contracts through the expansion draft because it's not an efficient way to do things. But then also we're going to spend a bunch of money in free agency, which is notorious for not being an efficient way to build a team. It, it like makes me think that Ron Francis just has zero fucking clue what he's doing and kind of was just like i don't want to say lucky in carolina but like this this is not a good start for him i think he he galaxy brained everything and now they're in a whole heap of shit and as somebody who still has dreams and uh would like to make a 30 for 30 one day he's given me a lot of very easy material potentially here so i appreciate that ron francis 
I'll help you out on that. You know, that sounds like a fun project to just follow the Kraken around and say, what were you thinking when you put aside all of that money to sign Alexander Wenberg? Why the fuck did you pay Jaden Schwartz so much and then, like, <laughs> not draft Tarasenko or any of these other guys? Like, maybe they were just really concerned about that shoulder injury. But, like, I don't know. Their roster just makes no goddamn sense. There's so many players that they could have taken that would have been like fucking Carson Turinsky. <laughs> like why? Why Carson would you do that? Turinsky. Why would you why would you get I it? cannot get over this. And this is something that I think we'll be talking about for years because it was just inexplicable. And this is clearly Dave Haxtall. Dave Haxtall stroked his goatee and said, "This is the man that I want for my hockey team." He could have had a bunch of decent, you know, Flyers prospects, guys that you know, might not be stars, but like a Bunneman type, right? Like pretty good players. Bunneman at least is like a good AHL player, right? Right, right. And and instead he was like, bring me knockoff Shell Silverstein. (laughs) Get me Torinsky. Get me Torinsky. Are you sure I shouldn't try to trade assets for Gostas Bear's contract and, you know, we get a couple picks for next year? No, 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 no. Don't give me that. The Flyers paid. The Flyers paid the Coyotes to take Ghost. And Ghost is a good player. Despite what might like some people might say, Ghost is a good player. He has a track record of Ghost being a good, a good NHL player. player. And I'm I hated that trade, but guess what? Like the Seattle Kraken should have made that trade. They 100% should have made that. And, trade. and apparently they were just demanding so much to do anything. So good good on you Ron Francis for just fucking that franchise over from the very start. Uh very very uh cash money of you i i just like imagine if a crazier gm had been there instead of ron france jim rutherford jim rutherford is the ideal here (laughs) if jim rutherford had taken that job he would have taken he would have taken the carry price contract oh yeah hundred percent oh yeah he would have taken carry price he would have had like basically just the tallest guy on every single team which means that jamie alexiak is still a seattle kraken but like just taking the he big He would have found a way to get Phil Kessel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's literally just the entire roster is North American and huge and really goddamn slow. That's Jim Rutherford's ideal hockey team, which is ironic given how the Penguins played when they won cups under him. But, hey, Phil, GMJR here. Hey, how you doing, bud? Let me tell you, you like sushi? I hear it's pretty good in Seattle, but, oh, you don't like sushi. You like hot dogs. I, they might have those. You want to come to Seattle? All right, you're on board. Phil's coming. I still I still remember, I read a book recently where it was like interviews of coaches and Ron Wilson was one of the ones that got interviewed. You remember he was in Toronto towards the end of his tenure in the NHL and uh, also coached like the US team um, in the golden goal year where they went to the final in the Olympics. And uh, he was talking, like he brings up like phil kessel like four times and every single time he's just like basically this dude is a giant bitch and i just think that's so funny that's all and like this isn't even prompted i think it was like uh craig Custance did this book and like he's he just like he asked him once about phil and he's just like i fucking can't stand the dude and then like randomly throughout the game that they're watching or whatever he just brings up he's just like look at phil dodging hits over here like a goddamn coward 
Phil is one of my favorite NHL players of all time because he is absolutely loathed by certain reporters and like GMs and personnel, but fans adore him because he's just like a big slobbery dog who scores goals. He's a St. Bernard. And loves hot dogs. He's a St. Bernard. Like, can you see Phil Kessel with a barrel of ale just galloping over the snow to you <laughs> to, sail you, to save you from frostbite? <laughs> like, I, I think back to when Phil Kessel made Team USA years ago and they put out all the pictures and he had that picture that just everybody photoshopped onto stuff. I photoshopped him onto fucking Hodor from Game of Thrones and... You could show side-to-side pictures, and I would have trouble guessing which one's which. Phil Kessel really does look like he works in a bowling alley, doesn't he? Yes, he absolutely does. Phil, you messing with the shine Obalo again? He's he's Homer Simpson if he played in the NHL. He is Homer Simpson. He is, and that's why we love him. He just... You know, he succeeds, and we don't know why, but he does. The man has multiple Stanley Cups. He pissed off Steve Simmons, which is, I think, an accomplishment in and of itself, because fuck Steve Simmons. Every time I get pinged in the general hockey slack for Steve Simmons, my soul dies, because I don't want to see that name, because that guy sucks. And the fact that Phil Kessel pissed him off is glorious. All right, we have derailed here completely. I forgot what we were talking about. I will spend the remaining time just praising Phil Kessel at this point. The fact that Phil Kessel is no longer a Pittsburgh Penguin has brought me joy on multiple occasions because it means I can like Phil Kessel again. And every time I see like a rumor that he might go back there, I say, no, don't do it. I like liking Phil Kessel. I, I would like Phil Kessel to play for my team, even if he is not very good. Just, just for the hell even of it. Even if he's not very good. Even if he, I would just love to see him piss off Elaine Vigneault. Just come in and A.V. just just glares at. Like, he's just trying to to, to shoot eye beams into the back of his skull. And it's just, Phil doesn't give a shit. Phil's just gonna fill. He's everything that people, like, think Jake Voracek is, I think. Which... Yes. Which, like, I, I do think that, like, the whole idea of... Jake, like, didn't really give a fuck and just kind of played the way he was going to play. It's not totally unfounded based upon what I've heard. But, like, at the same time, Jake Voracek cared about winning. Like, he did. And, and I don't think Phil Kessel really gives a fuck half the time. He's just like, I'm here. I'm along for the ride. I score goals. I, I, I rack up the points. And if I happen to win a Stanley Cup along the way, so be it. That's pretty sick. But, like, I don't really care that much. I mean... I think you're totally right about that. Phil Kessel is what we thought Jake Voracek he's, was. He's Bartolo Colon. And... Oh, yeah, Bartolo Colon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw Bartolo Colon get hurt uh, trying to bat in Philadelphia one time. I was at that game, and, man, it was pretty fucking funny. But, yeah, you're right. That's a great comparison. And, you know, that, that brings up an interesting question with, the loss of Jake. I have not talked to you since that trade. And I'm number one, Cam Atkinson is man. He is doing the full Bryce Harper tour, you know, showing his love to Philly and it's great. Keep it up. bud. I really like Cam Atkinson. I hope he succeeds here. What do you think about Jake departing though? Because this is, it's very interesting from a flyer's perspective. I thought it was the right move. Um, 
now whether or not you like what they got back for him i i think that cam atkinson is a really good return for jake voracek about as good of you as you could have expected like otherwise you're gonna have to pay a team a lot to take him and you already paid a team a lot to go get rasmus ristolainen uh but i mean we've talked about this in the slack a lot i think i kind of agree with what charlie has sort of said which is that think jake is still he thinks jake is still a good player um and i feel like if you don't think jake is still a good player you fail to watch hockey like at all but uh i mean there's there's reason for serious concern around uh both his role in the locker room and the culture that's been kind of festering in flyers land for forever and then also uh i mean he has declined as a player on the ice in terms of productivity over the past year or so here i mean uh that 2019 2020 season he kind of had like a little bit of a renaissance because he was playing defense um but this this past year was really concerning watching him uh the defense evaporated again he wasn't creating as much with the puck on his stick as i really think he normally would be I thought the telltale sign that he didn't really have as good of a season as his point totals might indicate is that he had way fewer primary assists this year in terms of percentage-wise of his points than he did secondary assists, and I don't think that's really happened at any other point in his career. He's usually a guy where he's having about as many primary assists as he is secondary, or at the very least, like, a comparable amount. So that sort of tells me this is about as high as you're going to sell on the dude. There's a decent chance that he comes in a year or two from now and he's like not a below replacement NHL player or anything like that because he'd still be useful in the power play. But he is he. I don't think he's worth that contract right now. And I really don't think that he would be worth that contract in a year or two here. So I am thankful that the Flyers offloaded him. It really feels like they got rid of him at the right time. I wish Jake nothing but the best, but again, not too much of the best because he is on a division team. I'm not going to call them a division rival because come on, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets, but it's a division team. He's definitely going to have at least one game where he comes in and scores a hat trick on the Flyers and that's going to suck hard, but it was the time to get rid of him. And I think Atkinson is just, especially hockey trade wise, the best result you were going to get. I don't know. I just think he's, I'm enjoying Cam Atkinson's energy so far. He's a lot of fun. And I think this fan base needs any kind of fun because we're just, it's a sour, salty fan base right now. I just think it kind of, it reflects, there there are a couple of things there. Um, One is that, well, I don't think that Jake, like like people might allege, didn't care about winning because that's a stupid fucking thing to say about an NHL hockey player, although we just did that about Phil Kessel. But uh, besides the point, but Phil just has—it's just Phil, right? Like he's just like—he's—he's—he's oh, he's, he's something unique. He's—he's like, he's a cryptid. I've seen Voracek <laughs> break, a, break a number of sticks. Like this is a guy who gets pissed he, off. Bellas, yeah, he does he not cares. like losing. He gives a shit. His surliness comes from his caring. Yeah. Um. Now, I also don't think that he was the best influence for this team because if you have a coach like Av, where it's like hey, I need all of you to buy really heavily into the system and make sure that you're working super hard to execute and stuff like that. Again, questionable if the coach is actually providing the right instruction and pushing the right buttons and everything. But at the same time, 
it probably doesn't help get the message through when Jake like walks in and is like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do my thing and I'm going to continue doing my thing and I don't really care. And like, I, I've always done this thing and it has worked for me. So, I mean, you may be preaching this, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, and I mean, you've had this experience, I'm sure, where it's, it's just like, well, why the fuck does he not have to follow the rules? Why, why do I have to? And he doesn't. And then that leads to that whole mentality of, well, if he's not going to follow the rules, then I'm not going to follow the rules. Cause why should I have to? So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that. And as a former manager, I had to hear that from a number of people. It was, there's never a good explanation for it when you're in management. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't just be like, well, he's earned it. Cause like, he's not playing that great this year. Um, but yeah, I, I also really, I like Atkinson a lot in terms of what he can add. Now, I don't think, like, people are treating him like he's going to be a power play sniper. And initially, I was like, oh, this dude has a crazy good shot. So, sure, he just slides right into that spot and makes the power play better. I don't think he's that. Um, I don't think he is a one-timer specialist. Just going back and watching some old games of him and talking to people who are Columbus fans and people like uh, Dragon who covers the jackets for SB Nation. Like, he's he's definitely a guy where he's going to create off the rush a lot. Um, and I think the main thing that people aren't talking about enough that he's going to add is that he's really good on the penalty kill. Um, and particularly, he adds... Like, you remember Kevin Hayes being a hero when he came in year one because he just scored all the shorthanded goals? And also because he would do the one thing on the penalty kill that I'd wanted the Flyers to do for years. Just walk it around. Hold on to the puck, walk around, fuck around with the other team, and just dump it. He didn't do that this year, and that kind of made me so sad. Because that was same part of what made him so fun to watch in his first season. Is I was just like, this dude just can bully people with his size. And that's something that you don't see often enough from like a big boy center. Um, but yeah, Atkinson takes that and kind of ratchets it up a little bit where now the other team has to play a little bit more cautiously at the line when they're setting up and they're they're cycling the puck out high because if you're if you're looking for that uh like low seam pass tic-tac-toe setup where you go left uh from right point to left circle to the slot and then you tuck that puppy in there um, that requires you to make kind of a pass where Cam Atkinson, if he jumps on that, which he's going to be cheating probably a decent amount, where he'll, he'll be aggressive on the penalty kill. If he jumps on that, he's fast enough where he can take that the other way. Um, he's probably the second closest thing that the team has to a burner behind TK. Um, and then he's got a good enough shot where he's going to bury that. So I, I think it makes teams think twice about playing a little bit more aggressively on the penalty kill and making those types of passes it makes it a little bit more difficult to game plan against the flyers pk so i've talked a lot about this uh and not allowed you to speak very much and this is not aiming purpley uh but i i'm looking (laughs) you're you're putting out good facts here i I like him i like him a lot and also it doesn't hurt that he's kissing the city's ass and has a ginger (laughs) kid you know, we might be a tough city, but we do love getting our ass kissed as well. And I, I mean, he's doing, he's doing and saying all the right things, but I like the penalty kill aspect. I like that he's not necessarily a sniper, but he can score goals. He gets to the sneaky areas. He puts himself in the right position. 
And sometimes that's all this team is missing in certain situations, specifically like you look at Claude Giroux, Jean Couturier, uh, I would say Jake Voracek, but he's the guy who got traded for him. It is a very pass-heavy team looking for guys to get in the right position and can actually dunk the damn puck when it comes time to dunk the damn puck. So to have a guy who can actually do that is pretty great. He's very Victor Arvidsson-y, um, except he's like actually good on the penalty kill. Um, and that's I, if Victor Arvidsson hears this, which I, I doubt he will, but that's not like... <laughs> That's not a dig at you, Arby, because I think that you are a better defensive player than people ever gave you credit for. I just don't think that the role that you were used in on the penalty kill was conducive for you. Anyways, though, uh, very much like a he he got kind of tagged as a sniper for a little bit because um, he had that forty goal season, which granted he he was sniping him that year. But uh, I think as as you look at his career, he's definitely more of a volume shooting guy, which tends to pair well with guys like Giroux and Couturier, where Couturier, if he's scoring goals, he's making his money by getting in close. Um, Giroux, I mean, just scoring goals with craftiness and his hands mostly at this point, although he has shown that he's still capable of ripping it every once in a while. But uh, Atkinson is the guy where when the Flyers are coming up along the wings and trying to cut in with speed, uh, you know that there's a guy where he's not going to do a drop pass to the trailer every single time. He's going oh to God. try to take the sharp angle shot and bury it. And uh, a decent amount of the time, he's actually going to bury it. So I really like Cam Atkinson a lot, um, both as a person for that locker room, just as a change, breath of fresh air there, and then also as a personnel guy. Yeah, I, I think that was really important to to get that personality in there. I think Chuck Fletcher is very proud of that acquisition in that regard. And that was uh, a, a very big part of the offseason plan was to get those personalities in there. Now, Cam Atkinson's a guy that we're looking to contribute now. One of the Flyers of the future we were looking forward to is Zade Wisdom. And unfortunately, Zade Wisdom got some bad news recently. And I I am just, ugh, it's, it just sucks to hear this. Yeah, he's going to be out for a while um, with basically the same uh, shoulder surgery that Morgan Frost got that kept him out for pretty much the whole season, which didn't really help the Flyers too much. Um, But yeah, really disappointing. Um, I loved watching Wisdom. I wrote a thing about him, I think like my third day with the site, uh, where basically, and it's really funny because people were like this is such a weird comparison for you to throw out there but uh i basically said he is the next guy in the line of the victor arvidsson rocco grimaldi uh like alex burroughs type which is again three players that most people would not think of putting together but kind of my idea there is he's really speedy the dream flyers line right he's not or i wouldn't say really speedy but like he's he's a good skater um, he skates with power. He's good on the rush in particular. He's really good at contributing and starting the rush. Um, and he's he's not a guy who's going to ever be a sniper in the NHL, but he'll just be a really effective volume shooter. Um, and the thing that he has that's advantageous as compared to like the rest of those dudes that makes him so exciting is, I think, He's going to be a lot better defensively than a lot of those guys are. And then also, I think, just due to his build and the way that I've seen him play, um, 
both with Kingston and uh, the Phantoms. He's got really elite balance, and that's for a guy going out on the rush who's going to be cutting to the net and you can't get knocked on your ass in that situation. That's really useful, but fucking sucks that I'm not going to get to see him. He probably would have been back in the AHL this year, um, and I'm I'm really unhappy that I'm not going to get to watch him because he was so fun. He's so fun, and he's just one of those guys with the, the energy and the story that you want to see succeed. And it was so great. You know, there, there's very few things you could say positive about the past year of hockey, but getting to see wisdom and Forrester get time with the Phantoms and do well with the Phantoms was really, really awesome. And to see him out long-term, see him have to get a shoulder surgery like Morgan Frost had to go through. It's just a real shame. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more else that we can really say about that. Like, it's been it's been a dry week here. It's been a dry week, but best of luck to Zade Wisdom. I really, yeah. We're all pulling for you, dude, and and come back strong. And we're we're excited to see you back in the the orange and black. And is it, are they wearing purple down there? Or is it electric blue technically in Lehigh Valley right now? I I have always thought that it's purple because it's like a I think coolish they, ghosty I think, color. Well, and that's what they had originally. I I can look at the jersey hanging behind me for that, but I think they. When they moved to Lehigh Valley, at least initially, it was electric blue, but who gives a shit? Whatever. But And I sit down there, and it's it's technically north of here, but whatever. Whatever. But Zade Wisdom, we are all pulling for you, pal. And, you know, it'd be great for Zade Wisdom. A nice cinematic comeback. And I, I can't actually. This is too cheesy of a transition for me. <laughs> Let's talk about this damn Field of Dreams game. Woo! Baseball it. on a hockey podcast. This is a baseball podcast. Let's talk podcast about baseball now. with a Mariners fan and a Phillies fan. Um, and fun fact, Mariners were my, you know, not an official second team, but I, I liked the Mariners in the 90s. They had A-Rod before he was a piece of shit. They had Ken Griffey Jr., who's one of my favorite Randy, all-time players. Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez. Randy Johnson, the bird killer himself, the best mullet in baseball history, and that comes from a big John Crook fan. I mean, come on. That was just a great team to watch. I love those Mariners. They were awesome, but also let's responsible. Talk about this. Hold on one second. Also responsible for one of the funniest scenes in Seinfeld history. Can you can you tell me why, Steve? Are you not getting my Are you not getting my connection here? I, you know what, it's, you might have got me stumped on a wow. Seinfeld initially. Which wow, is, uh, it's been a while since that happened. Been a while. When when George is dead, what the hell did you trade Jay Buter for? Oh, Jay Buter. <laughs> Why did you trade Jay Buter? All, all yes. time, all time great scene. It is a great scene. But yeah, Field of Dreams. Talk about that. <laughs> Field of Dreams. So baseball pulled on the old nostalgia. It, so for, for hockey fans, this Field of Dreams thing was very much like, eh, we've been seeing outdoor games for years. This is not, you know, for, not for us, this is old hat. Yeah. yeah. But for, for baseball fans who don't watch hockey, this was very special. It was one of the highest rated, I think it was the highest rated regular season game. In 16 years. I don't know. 16 years, yeah. For, forever. And it was cool. Like, they got Kevin Costner and they, you know, world timey uniforms. And they set up a field next to the Field of Dreams. And everybody marched through the cornfield. So it was, you know, it was a nice, nice event. Really pulling on the heartstrings of, of dads and grandfathers everywhere. And hey, I liked know, it. I liked it. It was nice. It was nice. I I didn't. I don't know. It it didn't quite 
get me, I think, as much as I, I thought it might, but it was nice. It was well done. I think because I, I might have seen a little bit too much of the hockey and, uh, you know. It doesn't hit loved, quite the same, yeah. It doesn't hit quite the same. But the, the NHL always does a pretty good job. Baseball did a fantastic job with that. So kudos to them. But you have here what hockey movie would make the funniest Field of Dreams game. So this is this is an interesting question because, like, if you think with baseball, Field of Dreams is clearly the number one to base a movie off of. And then the only other one that people can really think Sandlot. of, because most baseball movies take place in a baseball stadium, is the Sandlot, because that's a unique venue. I don't know if any players would agree to play in the Sandlot. It's fucking Utah. If, <laughs> listen, if you have the Beast coming up in the background stealing balls, then I'm all for it. There should Absolutely definitely be a minor league baseball team in Utah that plays at like a Sandlot mock-up park, but then it has actual seats and stuff. That'd be cool. Mm. Serving three and a half percent beer. Be perfect. Utah, what a state. Now, hockey-wise, this is also a problem. There's plenty of pretty good hockey movies out there. You know, we got, of course, The Mighty Ducks. We've got Miracle, which is great. But most of them, again, take place in hockey arenas. Now... I've the got... Mighty Ducks does have <laughs> my favorite scene of the Mighty Ducks still might be in D2 when Keenan Thompson, who's been on SNL for about 45 years at this point, challenges the Mighty Ducks to come play some real street puck. So why don't we replicate the street puck? They can menu? play street hockey. <laughs> they play, I would love to. Number one, I would love to see them play street hockey. Eamon, are you familiar with the old Philadelphia street hockey team? The Philadelphia Bulldogs. No, oh, what the fuck? That's a thing. There was there was a roller hockey league back in the nineties, very short lived, called the Philadelphia Bulldogs. And was it Mark? That's sick. I have Kevin? to buy. I have to buy a jersey. That's sick. you have to find. It. It's great. It was it was awesome. It had this like bulldog and roller blades with a hockey stick and his tongue out. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, but. I would love to see the roller hockey venue. That would be amazing. Be so funny. I would love to see just create ice that looks like concrete and have them play on that. Just do it. No, but the, the one I can think of that the NHL absolutely should do, and I can't believe they haven't done it, is Mystery, Mystery Alaska. USA. Mystery Alaska. I said Mystery USA. It's Mystery Alaska. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. That's where my brain went. Yeah. Mystery Alaska is the one ba- or hockey movie with a unique outdoor venue. Uh, also, to bring the NHL to Alaska, and of course you have to have the New York goddamn Rangers play because they played in the game, and then just, I don't know, line some other team up to be the Mystery Alaska team with the, the brown jerseys. Do it. Make make get... the Kraken do it. Make them do it. I'll make the Kraken do it. Make the make Kraken, the Kraken do, it. do it. It's not that long of a trip for them. Alaska Airlines runs from Seattle to Alaska. It's right there. Do it. What a funny movie. Like, and not an intentionally funny movie. <laughs> it came on NHL Network uh, three, four summers ago. Because that's the place to watch movies. Look, it, they had it on, and it was like a marathon. They had uh, Youngblood on like a, another day after that or something like that. Which, again, another hilariously bad hockey movie. But, yeah, I watched that movie and I was just like, is this supposed to be a comedy? Like, this is... Cause this is so funny. I think, I think it's supposed to be like, so the nineties had a number of movies that tried to toe the line between comedy and drama. So I think that's, that's what it tries to be. It tries to be like right down the middle. 
well it doesn't really work because it's just a comedy and like like that's like the drama stuff is the stuff i was laughing at mostly but that would be a sick thing to do for like an outdoor thing and i i I unironically think that would be a good place to do a game i mean we saw they can make that kind of thing happen with uh tahoe this past year so why the hell not that's a better venue to do it in it'll be colder Russell Crowe is still around. Get Russell yeah, Crowe. Yeah, get Russell Crowe I mean, unfortunately, out there. Kevin Costner. Hey. Unfortunately, Burt Reynolds is still longer with us, which is just... Crushing. Know, it's still tragic to this day. Crushing. Burt Reynolds, absolute guy, Burt god in deliverance. What a, what a movie. Oh. And Boogie Nights, come on. He's Great movie. He's, he's really great. good in that, too. <laughs> yeah. Burt Reynolds, one of the great actors. But, you know, sadly, he's not around. But Russell Crowe... He might be a little more bloated than he was in the Gladiator the days, but Russell Crowe is still around to do this. Anytime I think of Burt Reynolds now, I think of Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny hat. Turd Ferguson. gallon hat, it's funny. Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. I have a picture from Chicago. There was like an SNL exhibit we went to. And I, I have a picture behind the Turd Ferguson Jeopardy podium, and that's one of my prized pictures. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful memory right there. I just, I could, I could spend a whole podcast just talking about how fucking funny Norm Macdonald is. Come back in two weeks for the Norm Macdonald appreciation flight. All right, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think though, what would be the funniest one? Because there are some options here now. I'm still down for the D2 roller hockey rink, but what else can we go with for, for comedy's sake right here? Uh, so what's a team? I'm trying to think. So we need, we need, uh, the devils to acquire the other two Subban brothers so that we can do slap shot and make them the Hanson brothers. That, that sounds oh, like a, that sounds like an easy dunk to me. I'm just in for dressing anybody up like the Hanson brothers. Do do a uh, fucking Happy Gilmore. Do it on a golf course. Build a hockey rink on a golf course. Why not? Okay. Why not? I'm in for that. I love that. Everybody. No, I'm in for it. Let's go crazy. I'm sure Adam Sandler be into it. He's been putting out dumb shit forever. That's all Adam Sandler does. It's gotten increasingly dumb, except for Uncut Gems, which is fantastic. Dude, absolutely. I so I I have a whole conspiracy theory basically about how Adam Sandler is like actually he his whole like shit show of a cuz he's obviously capable of being a very good actor, right? Like Wedding Singer, fantastic in that movie and really fucking good at Uncut Gems. But I I I feel like he's like in deep cover doing an expose on like how terrible hollywood is and basically that's why he's making all of these bad movies is because he's just like look at this shit that you guys will buy and he's just gonna make a movie right before he retires or like he has made the movie or something and like when he dies it comes out and it's just like my entire career was just to prove that people will watch anything but adam sandler made a fucking movie with paul thomas anderson you need punch drunk love with Th- paul thomas anderson. and he's great and then he, he's great he's great movie. and then he turns around and makes a remake of mr deeds which focuses on a dead foot he made click he made oh, click he made... Click? He made I, click i i didn't watch click like i think i just fast forwarded through because i heard the ending was bonkers and i checked it out and i'm like what is this movie 
it's it's just uh it's it's like peak early 2000s happy happy madison style and i don't even know was it early 2000s or was it like late 90s i can't remember but click is like 2006 yeah that sounds about right it's early it's like early 2000s throwaway garbage art films don't exist we are in the peak era of hollywood has run out of ideas and just pay adam sandler to be funny man like i mean i don't i haven't really seen like i just remember when i was younger there was that whole wave of kevin james eddie murphy adam sandler uh and who am I missing here? There's like one other person. Kevin James. Kevin James. Kevin fucking James. That's still King of one of my favorite my favorite gags was uh for a while. <laughs> Crank just name is He'd name his fantasy hockey and football teams after just Kevin James properties. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. But so just be like Kevin can wait. Yes, and that was that was his Ke- fantasy team. Just Kevin James. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? No, like, the thing is, Adam Sandler at this point, he just, for the most part, with the exception of Uncut Gems in recent history, he just does he what he just wants. makes movies to hang out with his friends yeah. and make money, and he makes a lot of money. It's Good crazy. Him. Good for him. Good for him. I'm the happy American for him. ideal. Him and Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah. The American ideal. I mean, you know, I've never heard, I, I don't want to jinx this, but I've never heard bad stories about Adam Sandler. Hold so. on. Hold on. We have to, we have to fucking... I, this just gave me a, uh, a brain blast here. I love Jimmy Neutron. Um, we have to talk about the Guy Fieri hot dog apple pie crust debacle. I have to talk about this again? I, I, I feel like I need a conversation with you really quick. Okay, you, you can have some discussion on this because obviously Hinkle and I... Yes, spent, talked at length about this. But like We talked at length about this, but what are your two cents on the apple pie hot dog is that what it is that's what it is apple right? pie hot dog and then you put pie filling on as like the mustard it's <laughs> <laughs> insane and and what's extremely funny is that my my firm opinion here deviant of everybody else is don't knock it till you try it because <laughs> because i've had some really weird shit and it tasted quite good i i will freely admit that i have uh undertaken the tennessee ritual of going to the county fair and eating a fried oreo so oh yeah i've had fried oreo. and fried That's, oreos are fried oreos okay got... like they're fine oh, yeah, they're pretty good so i i i firmly stand don't knock until you try it maybe it's actually pretty good who knows frankly if it is if it's made by a big chef I should always be willing to try it because they just they they know what they're doing. Is Guy Fieri really a big chef though? He's the biggest chef. Well, like he's getting paid a fuck ton of money, but I don't think it's because of his cooking skills. I think it's because he's a likable dude, right? Because like Guy Fieri, like what they're gonna have just a non-chef host the tournament of champions? Come on. Uh, I mean, I, like he's obviously very he's opened qualified. number of restaurants. He, the the man he's qualified, but like I. I don't know. Like, if you're thinking of fine dining, like, is Guy Fieri the guy? That's that a, you don't to have mind? to necessarily. Okay, so you don't necessarily have to be a fine dining 
chef to be a top chef. Well, that's that's true, but like I'm I'm saying like this I mean, is not to be you've seen of course, this, with the television program stuff. Top Chef, where you do have to be very good at fine dining to win Top Chef, as we've we've seen. But this is a, or Iron to Chef be a, or any of the others, right? To be a well-known, respected chef, you know, you open restaurants and you make a shit ton of money doing it, and you know the guy knows flavors, all right? He, guy he knows flavors. Does. He does, but he's the creator of flavors. I'm more, I'm more like I think of him, and I'm just like this guy's an excellent businessman that's not i don't think of like because i've had i've been to a guy fieri restaurant before and i was just like this is like perfectly fine this is not anything special but it's fine it's great trash can food and it, it, it ain't even that but like it's just like i was like this is like this is like pretty much as good as like a cookout and i like cookout but i i mean yeah, like, I, I think of him as, like, a very good businessman. I don't think of him as, like, even, like, in terms of casual food, I don't think of him as, like, an all-time great chef or, or anything like that. And that might be ignorant of me, but I tend to think of more, like, I'm sure you've sat down and watched one time Barbecue Pitmasters or whatever, where, like, the guys all have their overalls on. And, like, that's that's who I think of when I think of good casual food chef is the Barbecue Pitmasters guys. Because that's not fine dining, but, like, they kick ass, oh, and I've had that food before. Wait, I, I, I love some barbecue. Don't, uh, dude, don't start so talking about barbecue. I'm so I... hungry, Steve. All I've had tonight is ground beef. That's right. Your dinner was literally you had a college special. You just ate a bunch of ground beef. A pound and a half of ground beef with a little shredded cheese on it. I'm trying to get yoked. I had Korean Steve. barbecue. I'm trying to get yoked. And I, I had I Korean protein. barbecue, and it was delicious. Korean, I. So there are these little prepackaged meals that you can get at Costco and Publix, um, and I think one of them is a Korean barbecue meal, um, and I've made that a lot in the skillet, and that bangs. We have we have shifted gears into food purbly again here. Food purbly, fry purbly time. Hey, cite your sources. Where'd you get fry purbly? Uh, Emily gave me fry purbly because she was not happy with the lack of play upon hyperbole in food purbly so i i i've started shifting to that so i think emily was right i mean emily's always right so i just have to trust her instincts on that she's my business manager at the end of the day look i (laughs) i I don't know beef is a great college meal it's better than just ramen noodles at least you have protein yeah i mean that was kind of my thing is i was first off like this this gives you an idea of how fucked up i am uh time-wise I, I walk up to my roommate and I'm just like, hey man, what do you want to do for dinner? It's Mo Monday, so we can go get that. <laughs> He's just like, what? It's Wednesday, buddy. What are you talking about? Uh, so that happened. And then I was just like, well, shoot, there goes my dinner plan because I'm about to pay a bunch of money for like, okay, Tex-Mex um, when I can get it for cheap on a certain day of the week. So I just sucked it up, drove to Publix and picked up like $7 worth of meat and it's gonna be two meals for me so there you go a lot cheaper that's that a way. good decision that was a, that's a good decision i i i'm now at the point where i can overspend on uh takeout here and there and i'm very happy about it so i got a bunch of korean style popcorn chicken tonight and it was real nice look at mr back, rich guy here <laughs> that's me mr Moneybags, just dropping them dollar dollar bills everywhere i go i just think back to when i my post college because in college i I stayed home, so I wasn't in the dorm life. So my mom was still supplying me food left and right. And 
you know, if you're going to commute in, at least you got some good home cooking. Oh, yeah. And my mom was one of the best. But I, post-college, I was on my own, and I made a lot of, my go-to was just, like, a fuck ton of pasta. I just make, like, a whole box of pasta, a couple jars of sauce, and just eat that for the rest of the week. There is a fantastic invention called the Fasta Pasta, where it is a, like, microwavable plastic container where you you take the pasta, you break it, you put it in the container, and then there are levels built into the container for the different amounts of pasta of how much water to put in. And it comes with an instruction pamphlet. And what I would do freshman year if I, because our dining halls had really weird times, uh, if I would, like, forget to go out to eat dinner, which happened frequently, and it'd be like 10 o'clock at night, and I just got done watching the Flyers play because they were on a West Coast trip. Um... And I had nothing to eat. I would microwave pasta in this thing for like eight minutes and it would be done. And you'd just have a bowl of pasta and I'd throw like a little bit of butter on it and some salt. And there you go. Not a healthy meal. Not not really a super uh, filling meal either because there's only so much pasta you can cram in the thing. But honestly, freshman's best friend right there. That was, that was pretty fantastic. That and like I had these things of lentils that you could microwave too. Um, that were pretty fantastic as well. But now, now I have moved up in the world and I, I just cook a pan of beef. You know, that's protein. It's all protein right there. I'm trying to get jacked, Steve. I'm hitting, I'm hitting the gym, the house that Charlie built. (laughs) Does Charlie go to the gym? I hadn't heard. (laughs) I I was unaware. (laughs) Do you even lift Mr. O'Connor? That's the question. I, so I, I was like, you know, Charlie like probably goes to the gym like reasonably regularly, but I, I was just like, people joke about this like a lot, damn. And then he changed his profile picture to something from the uh, draft party. He was like, oh shit, Charlie's jacked. <laughs> well, you know, Charlie waited until I left to show up, you know, it's, oh, it was a strange. Uh, he, I mean, he, he would pale in comparison to your physique, so that was probably why. <laughs> Let's not talk about my physique. It is not a good one there. Hey, Steve, don't, no negative self-talk. No negative self-talk. Also, Listen, you know, when King Kong comes into a room, that's what's going on right there. I, uh, well, we got to close this uh, out. <laughs> we got to close this out. This was, you know, we're, I am all, I could go on about food all night. I could talk about fried purple. I could talk about the college life because I am all about remixing that stuff. But we got plenty of more off time until the season starts. I mean, you know, we got some camp stuff right around the corner. But, you know, we're going to have to fill the time somehow. So don't worry. The nonsense. There's going to be plenty of it coming up. It won't be next week, however, because this is a reminder. I am off next week. I'm going to be at the beach. I am just not thinking about shit and it's going to be glorious. And I'm sure the flyers will finally trade for Tarasenko because you know, it was a lock. It was going to happen. It didn't happen. It's going to happen next week. Cause I'm on vacation. So just lock it in now, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to sleep. I am going to drink my face off and it's going to be awesome, but just listen to an old episode and enjoy it. <laughs> That's where I'm at. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Amon at Jin and UC like UC Saros. Amon, are you working on anything or any recent works you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, I mean, the main thing that I'm working on down at school right now, I don't, I think I'm allowed to plug it. Uh, I 
recently took over as basically like the vice president of our hockey club here and oh, am wow. doing a bunch of marketing stuff and pretty much building a program from the ground up because all they've done is play hockey games they haven't done anything else so that's pretty cool uh i will probably write some stuff about that whether that's for like an sb nation nhl site i i I don't think that'll happen but maybe for like college and magnolia or friends over on the college football network um covering auburn but that and then i've still got some flyers player reviews coming out um my most recent one about Eric Gustafson referenced an episode of this show where we talked about, you know, the Vietnam Memorial of bad defensemen in the Claude Jarrier. And then I decided to name that the Johnny Oduya wall of shame. <laughs> Johnny Oduya, five minutes or less. Probably. I thought about, I thought about calling it the Ryan parent wall of shame, but there's so like little overlap between him and Giroux that I, I felt like that was not a fitting name. So I, I went with another legend johnny oduya johnny oduya man he's just i can't believe i watched that guy play hockey in a flyers uniform it's fucking crazy (laughs) and he had a pretty good career yeah he was good he was good for like the blackhawks and the stars the worst shift as a flyer just absolutely horrendous so funny one of those names that i will just remember forever just because of (laughs) this this show's approach to obscure names uh he he's on that list forever along with the man dog and uh amac and all, all the other all the other greats of this era oh so, yeah and of course jason smith who's who's back in the organization oh God. jason smith nick grossman we're getting <laughs> off track here but yeah uh I'll, I'll have that coming out i'm working on something big too um that i've been working on for a while and uh just to kind of hint at what it's about um after watching well, i love you working with the college hockey right now like that's that's really cool to me and i would love to see the further spread and and just popularity of college hockey rise dude it's it's gonna be really fun to build this but uh the the thing before you so rudely interrupted me steve oh my goodness uh <laughs> was uh i after like having to watch the islanders go deep in the playoffs again i was it just like pleasant. What what is the devil magic that they are applying here? So, I've been taking a look at the way that low event teams function in the postseason and how basically my my theory going into it was uh if you're a low event team and you play that style, then you are more likely to pull upsets despite having severely inferior talent just because not only because you're making the game harder or whatever, but just inherently like when you flip a coin right if you only flip it once there are a couple of times rather there's a better chance of having an outlier so if you're only having a couple of events in the game there's a chance that you get a really fucking weird result so i have something coming out on that at some point in the near future that should be a really interesting article i've been working real hard on that in the background um and it it probably will be my favorite thing that i've written for bsh so be on the lookout for that Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, definitely going to be on the lookout for that. Again, that is Jin and UC, like UC Soros on Twitter. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole on Instagram, doing stuff, and the new podcasts always get added to the story. Oh, wow. BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey on Twitter. Like us on Facebook? Sure. I guess Facebook's still there. Whatever. 
your aunt will like it. Or I guess Jordan Wheel's aunt, so she can yell at me. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate the support. Appreciate you sticking with the show through all the thick and thin. You guys are the best, best listeners around. I love you all. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.